So here we go then, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social, the show where the Cowie Army share their thoughts on all things town. And of course, Kings of Anglia is sponsored by Manscaped and Ginger Pickle. Shout out to Tony Southgate and the team. Um, are you feeling the end of season blues already? I am. I'm missing Portland Road. I'm missing going to away games. But um, we're going to bring you all the Cowie content as ever throughout the off-season. I'm joined by Bloomers and Liam from Crew to discuss the season. Uh, bring out some awards. Um, talk about League One as a whole. Four seasons in League One is now done. We're back in the Championship. Let's bring over good old Bloomers. Always a pleasure, my friend. Um, still recovering from your ACL surgery, but you gave us some good news. Um, you've been given the somewhat all clear. Let us know, but how, how's things, my friend? Very good. Thanks, Ross. And uh, as always, it's a pleasure. Yeah, well, hopefully back uh, back doing some non-competitive five-a-side in the summer. But if anyone uh, has ever played five-a-side, there's, there's no such thing as non-competitive five-a-side, especially with you boys. So uh, I'm not quite sure how that's going to go. But yeah, all good. Missing Ipswich as well. But um, I must say, I'm not quite getting the blues just yet. I think there's enough football to, to bide us through for another few weeks but like once it hits to the sort of end of June mark and the fixtures come out which I think is the day before my birthday this year mm. I'll already be planning on which uh, away days to go and also the best way to utilize my brand new season ticket for for 22-23 so plenty to look forward to indeed my friend yeah we don't have to worry about the playoffs the lottery that is the playoffs we can just sit back and relax and laugh um, one particular team, but won't won't bring them up just yet. I'll let, I'll let Liam do that. I'll let Liam do that. Liam from Crew, always a pleasure, my friend. How's things? Yeah, not too bad. Um, football's still going on for me. Went to Wembley yesterday with good old Paul. Went to watch uh, United's women play Chelsea and lost. Uh, yes, yes, they lost. But it was a good day. It was a good day out. Actually, found a very good tube station actually to go to, which made it a lot quicker than having to travel all the way across London. So, especially with the A12 shut as well. He's not. He's not yeah. going to tell us his secrets. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not telling uh, secrets. Flipping it. I, I, I remember the last secret you gave me that took us all the way around the back end of <laughs> darkest Cambridgeshire. Um, at like we had we had just won three 0 away at uh, Barnsley though, so uh, well yeah, I'll give you that's that. How, that's how you get away with it. <laughs> um, but overall, pretty good. Uh, I've got another game tomorrow night for Needham's women, and then I'll be going to the Scottish Cup final in three weeks' time. So football hasn't stopped for me, but I am quite happy with a little break. Um, seeing as though everyone that I seem to drive can't drive themselves. And so it's all left to muggins here, but uh, it's nice that to was, actually. That was actually a shot at Ross and not me. Just want to point out that I can drive. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Own, this is. I just don't own a car. <laughs> this is this is a shot at Ross and Paul, but more at Ross because Paul, well, he just doesn't drive. Whereas Ross is trying to drive, and I'm waiting for the day that he tells me that he's actually got his license, so that he can do some of the driving next year. Yes, very true. Um, I think the one of the reasons, Bloom, is you don't have a car, of course, you're based in London, and yes, yeah, there's, no, there's no point driving in London, of course. Um, I haven't got that excuse when I do pass and stuff. I can't say, Liam, oh, sorry, mate. No, too, 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 too busy, too busy in, in Kesgrave. Um, that will be the day, I'm sure. Um, well, enough of that. Let's get right into the awards. Um, it's been an awards season last week, you know, basically 
for, for ages, really. But an opportunity now for Bloomers, Liam, and myself to show, bring out some awards. We've got the standard, player of the year, most improved, unsung hero, best signing, best goal, 101 goals to choose from in the league, uh, best game, best away day, and some other categories that Bloomers or Liam may chuck our way. Um, play at home as well. Let us know who you're going to give out your awards. So I'm going to start off, of course, with the, the first one, the player of the year. Connor Chaplin has won the official one, but who's going to pick the Coway Posse's official player of the year? Bloomers, who are you choosing and why? Well, I'm really sorry to be boring, but um, unfortunately I can't uh, disagree with the club's official choice. I think it has to be Connor Chaplin, and I think it, it's more than richly deserved. I mean, 20 more goals than anyone uh, since Daryl Murphy in 2014-15. I think it's 28 goals he ended up on. Seven. Um, you know, 27 goals. So, else we equal Daryl Murphy then? Yeah. Oh. Well, no, I haven't that he uh, got more. Okay, well, I'm wrong. It's a good thing that um, uh, Colin Chapman was more on target with uh, his shooting than he than I am with my with my stats, which I'm normally I'm good with. But yeah, I mean, you look at the start of last season uh, under Paul Cook, if you can believe that that was the start of last season. I think, especially after a few games, I think more people would have been more excited with Macaulay Bond than Connor Chaplin. Like, Chaplin clearly had promise and clearly had shown that he had ability in a, in a higher division when he played for Barnsley. But it was a solid campaign from him last season, or 21-22. And no one expected him to get 27 goals this season. Well, I can't believe anyone would have done it. If you did, fair play, show the receipts and, and you're quite rightly able to celebrate that. But the, uh, the the fact that he's managed to become this focal point for our attack when he's not a striker, like an out-and-out striker, it's a testament to how good he is at understanding what his role is in the team. It's a testament to Kieran McKenna for finding the best way to get Connor Chapman in amongst the goals. And it just goes to show the, the method that we've picked, our plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, which is all just plan A, does bear fruit. And it's bore fruit 101 times in the season and and yeah Connor Chaplin more than deserves all the plaudits coming his way and probably deserves a look at from other scouts I'm sure there has been scouts sniffing around him um there's no news so far that any of our current squad will be going elsewhere but you, you know that there'll be rumors between now and the start of next season um just enjoy Connor Chaplin while we have him if he does go on there'll be a reason for it and there'll be a financial gain for it but all you can do right now is look back on with so much pride in a, in a season where, you know, he's just become uh, probably League One's most clinical finisher. I, I, You know, there might be better strikers than him. You could argue Johnson Clark Harris is a better striker than him on account for him being an actual out-and-out -out striker. <laughs> but um, there's so much to love about the way that he just is so clinical in front of goal. And, and that's been a massive part of the second half of the season where for all the bumps over the Christmas where we weren't scoring goals uh, or the gluttony of goals that came post-February the, the the key part of that is every time we had a chance we almost always took it and, and Chaplin is one of those ones he's just fantastic and was doing a little bit of everything and um, to, to finish off he's I have not had a direct dealing with him I know you certainly have Ross I'm sure a lot of the KO army have and people listening at home will have at least had a conversation with the man he just seems like the most honest, genuine, down-to-earth, nice bloke. Um, and I know he does so much behind the scenes for the community 
um, and I believe he's uh, a patron of at least one of the branches that we have. And, Foundation, um, yeah. And they, they couldn't have picked a better person. And he seems so happy to be doing that and enjoys and understands that side of being a professional footballer in, in this day and age. And he's just a fantastic ambassador for the club. So um, there you go, Connor. If you ever do need to move away from Ipswich, just replay that clip for anyone for two or three minutes and they'll be falling at your feet. But please do stay because we've loved seeing you play and uh, can't wait to see what you're going to do in the championship next season. Yeah, that's one thing I'm most looking forward to is these players, most of these players going to the championship and see how they get on. But yeah, on and off the pitch, Connor Chaplin has been fantastic and deserving of player of the year from the fans and, and from you, Bloomers. Liam, from Crew, are you going to switch up or are you going to echo Bloomers? Uh, well, that's a great argument from Bloomers, apart from the fact that he turned it into an advertising campaign for every other club at the end there. But for me... Um, I mean, it's hard to argue with Chappers, but for me, um, it's got to be Sam Morsey because I think it is really difficult when a, a player has scored that many goals that you wouldn't give him the player of the year. But I just think with Sam Morsey, we're, we're talking about the heartbeat of the team and without him, and I know the sample size is very, very small because he's played pretty much every single game, uh, apart from obviously Fleetwood. And there were mitigating factors against Fleetwood on the last day. Um, bit bit of a kind of uh, after the Lord Mayor show kind of thing. Um, but it did show that when Morsi wasn't in the middle, um, we do lack something there. Luongo's been brilliant since he came in, but... It's Sam Morsey all the way that drives that team. And, and yeah, Chaplin probably does still score those goals um, if Morsey isn't in the team. Or maybe he doesn't score as many. But for me, Sam Morsey is the most important and most valuable player in that side, um, which is shown by the fact that even in the FA Cup in the early rounds, he was played. So, yeah, you have to... I mean, he did get a break in the in the pizza trophy, so that's something there. But um, he has he has to be for me um, the best. He is the most key part of this squad, and will continue to be the key part of this squad uh, going forward. Um, so for me, uh, a lot of this success is based on his drive um, and his quality as a captain to lead this team forward. Yeah, he's my choice for player of the year because um, he has scored a few goals and has been. Yeah, he's just he's. I'm about to say captain fantastic. That's Matt Holland's thinking, but he has been just this year. He's been unbelievable, even off the pitch as well. Some of the stuff I've heard he's done has been incredible. So big shout out to Sam Moore's, and he's getting my pick. So yeah, I think the whole squad they deserve a lot of praise because this has been the the best squad we've had for generations. Um, probably Bloomers, you, you and me, probably the best goal we've seen for a very long time. Um, well, and Liam, from, yeah, yeah. I mean, you certainly, it's the classic argument of there are teams that didn't succeed, well, they didn't succeed, finishing the top six of the championship. Is Does that equate to being better or more successful than a team that finishes second in League One? I mean, it's a stupid point of argument that we won't yeah. have. Um, now let's but, do it. Yeah, I'm no, let's I'm not. Let's I'm, not. Joking, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm <laughs> joking. Let's, let's celebrate this group of footballers that have done something that uh, no Ipswich team has done since 1992 and get was well, massively promoted. Mm -hmm. 
that's that's good enough for me to say it's a, the best one of the best scores in a generation certainly definitely um and it's been a most improved season um because the previous four seasons of league one or previous three seasons because this is our fourth one um 11th 11th 9th all that stuff um so we've had a lot of players improved but bloomers who is your most improved player this year Another one that I think might be a general consensus pick, but I'm not going to do anything too avant-garde. I think it's, um, for me, Cameron Burgess. Uh, someone that made appearances in probably half of our games last 21-22. Certainly wasn't, a, you know, Luke Chambers' 46-game-a-season man. Um, and even at the start of this season, he had that horrendous facial injury against Team Escapes Me. Um, I think it was a cup game. Um and yeah, we all thought that you're not going to see him for very long. So you had George Edmondson as well at the club. You know, not a given for him to be starting, no matter what the circumstances were. But he's come back in, and again, second half of the season when everyone, excuse me, everyone started finding their position within our squad, and Kieran McKenna finally started playing a settled team once he realised who his best starting eleven was. Burgess was, you know, front and centre every week, and he is just as much a person to be applauded for that insane run of clean sheets we had, along with Christian Walton, because him and Luke Wolfenden and Harry Clark, you know, form the form the bedrock for that success. And his goal against Bolton, fantastic moment, um, one that you know sealed a very important win at the time, and we didn't even realise at the time how important it was going to be, but it was a springboard to just much bigger and better things, and. Yeah, he, he he's again. There will be different names on the team sheet at the start of next season, as in there will be new recruits in that squad. I I think it would be a thousand to one shot that 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 eleven starts in the first game of next season because we will sign players. It's just a fact. But I have a hard time seeing Cameron Burgess not being in that starting eleven. I think that's the biggest compliment I can give him that he's become. He was a he was a squad player in a League One side to, for me, a starting player in a championship side. And if that's not improvement, I don't know what is. Yeah, the game you're, you're thinking of, it's Bristol Rovers, the game it was. Um, oh, okay. It was one, a home game, soon. I knew that. Yeah, home game at Portland Road yeah. under the lights. And yeah, he was back less than a month for the Port Vale game, which is just incredible. So the 13th of September, he had the injury. And then the 25th of October, he um, came back, which is just incredible. Because um, I'm just looking at the picture now of, you know, his skull. And it's just, oh, bloody hell. Uh, Liam, I saw you sort of make a face when Bloom has mentioned Cameron Burgess. Is that is that what you were picking as well, most improved? Uh, the, the, there's no other name. There cannot be any other name in that squad that you can really say uh, would get ahead of Cam Burgess in this category. He has been, I mean, literally, I mean, we looked at it last season. And he was brought in, I think, certainly as a squad player, help us get out of League One, kind of a very solid, no-nonsense um, type League One defender. Um, but we always looked at Edmondson and Wolfenden as being our, our main two centre-halves. And then, of course, we we bring in Keo over the summer and you think Burgess is going to get less and less game time. And actually, it's gone the complete the other way. And he's actually been a pivotal part of this squad. Um, and from what Bloomers has said, it, it, it's exactly true. I mean, 
he obviously does have those um, no-nonsense defence qualities, but his his play on the ball this season is far improved from what we saw when he first came to the club. He looks so much more comfortable with the, the ball at his feet. And that's got to be testament to McKenna and what goes on on the training ground. So, um, and and obviously he's done that with with pretty much all of the players in there. He, he will get a. Obviously, there are a lot of high profile players. We paid a lot of money for for a few of them, but they're all going to reap that benefit from McKenna. But I, I think the biggest transformation has to be Cam Burgess. Um, so, but I, I also just want to take up Bloomers, whoever that bookie is who's offering a thousand to one for next year's team sheet. Me. Uh, being the, ex- I'll put a couple of quid on that. Uh-uh. We're going to have a gentleman's agreement outside of the podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to give you an over under, but if, if they're all, there's more of a chance of Sheffield Wednesday winning 5 0 on uh, Thursday night. Than there is of uh, all eleven players <laughs> starting the first game of next season. So, which game was it then? So, from the the Fleetwood game or the because of course Sam Morsey didn't play in that game, so it has to be the Exeter game no, or the. No, no, the, the, all right, starting eleven from the Exeter game then, because I think that was the one that was the that was the settled starting eleven for about eight or nine games. Um, that the one way Hurst is up front instead of the Dapo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, okay. actually, it's probably. Yeah, that eleven is gonna, which is really nice because every team has that eleven you can name off the top of your head, and there'll be one, there'll be people listening in there. I won't say how old they are, but ones that are older, they could probably list the elevens from the seventy-eight team or the eighty-one team, and we've never had that. And now Walton, Clark, Wolfenden, um, Burgess, Davis, Burns, Morsey, um, Luongo, Chapman, Broadhead, and Hurst. Will be our eleven. Yeah, yeah. I set myself up for a failure. I didn't do it. (laughs) That—that's not to say that I don't agree with your assertion that there will be um, probably some new names in on the starting team sheet on the first day, but um, those odds are just too too hard to (laughs) resist. So it's just—it's a fact of. I mean, it's a fact. It's a fact of life, I guess, in like, like the footballing life. You know, like things. Put it this way: the owners won't make us stand still, and you know, if we can't even win League One, <laughs> uh, despite the the record, uh, you know, the owners aren't going to think that we're going to make a top six challenge all of a sudden on the back of you know this. There'll be there'll be new recruits in. Um, and like I say, might have new players going. Like you, you don't know, you just don't know. But things change, cycles change, cycles start and end. Trust the process. We can actually say that with a straight face for one. Yeah, we can trust the process. Yeah, it will be interesting. It's going to be another fun summer, I'm sure. Uh, my most improved player. Now, Cameron Burgess is up there for me as well, and I think he's one of definitely. Do you know one which will be a surprise name for everyone out there? And okay, he had a good season last year, but you know what? Connor Chaplin. Because if you think about it, he scored 11 goals last season, nine in the league. Um, and all right, we had, we didn't maybe didn't have the the Kieran McKenna football at the time. You know, Kieran McKenna came in December, but do you know what? <laughs> He's doubled his goals from last season. Um, but, you know, Connor Chapman was great last year. But I think this year he's really stepped up and he scored more goals. He mentioned like he had purple patches in his footballing career. And he had that at the start of the season, didn't he? He had a bit of a purple patch and scored a few at the start of the season and didn't score. Then he did. And, of course, he went on like a buddy train in the final 10, 15 games. 
But that's just a nice little curveball there, just to mention Connor Chapman, because I do feel he has improved. He's improved his game. And it's a, a few players in there who has improved their game. So um, just nice, just another name to throw out there. Um, now, unsung hero bloomers. Um, there's a few out there. Who, who are you giving this to? Um, I'll be quite quick now because I've realised we've got loads of categories left and a time limit on this podcast. Um, uh, I, this might be a bit of a surprising one, but I'm going to give it to Luke Wolfenden. I think we don't, uh, especially with the academy being a contentious issue for some people, in that there are people that say that we don't create enough talent or we don't have enough talent in our squad as a, you know, coming through as a pathway. The fact that we've got this guy who is uh, Suffolk born and bred is one of our best players, in my opinion, and is also, due to his age, one of the people that's the most likely to go on to better things. You know, we, we jokingly, let's not even jokingly really, say that he's a Rolls-Royce of a defender. On his day, he, he can easily be, you know, he can make that leap to whatever the next leap is. I think for him, the sky's the limit, really, whether it's with us or, or if he moves on and uh, a club decides sort of like how Finn, Finn Downs is the rest, really. You're selling all our players, Bloomers. You're selling all of them. <laughs> <laughs> stop yeah, stop really listening to the Bloomers. Stop yeah. listening to the Bloomers. He's, he's, he's selling Chaplin. He's selling... Get him off. Appreciate Wolfie because, you know, he, he is also been one of the ones that has improved massively uh and, and and it's probably the likes of you know kieran mckenna uh richard keogh coming in to, to give guidance um in coaching um and just all of our general backroom coaching staff but he's made he's made that leap like i think if sam morsey wasn't there he could you know he's a very good standing skipper we've we've given it to uh christian walton i see uh last game of the season for the for the oliver khan type role um but but yeah i i think wolfie's Again, done fantastically well. And um, for those that say that the academy is not what it once was, well, him and a very, very promising Cameron Humphreys, Humphreys says otherwise. Yeah, yeah. And of course, Warford and, um, has scored a few goals this season, has played pretty much nearly every game. Um, and he's definitely, he's improved. Once again, he was so close to leaving the football club at one stage. And from where he's come from from there to now is just incredible. So um, I'm looking forward to him playing Chatsworth Football with Richwich Town, not any other clubs, Blooms. <laughs> going on. Um, look, Liam, who are you choosing for your unsung hero? I, I don't think he's completely unsung, but I don't think he gets as much credit as he deserves. Um, for me, it's Christian Walton. Um, I mean, the guy won the Golden Glove. Uh, my friend here was also raising the question back in deepest, darkest winter about whether um, we should have the conversation about Hagke getting a run in the team. And look, I, 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 I agree that Walton, especially after the Charlton game back in October, he had a few moments that he should have done a lot better on and it did cost us a few points here and there. But overall the amount of points that Walton has won us uh, far outweighs the amount of points that he would have lost us from his own mistakes. And we talk about players who have been improving. I mean, Walton, in in the, you talk about uh, Chaplin, for instance, and was relentless in that last run in with the amount of goals he scored. What about Walton and the relentless... Um, 
nature of, of what he did in that period. I mean, he saved the penalty against Cambridge, which could have seen us two down in that game. And would we have come back from that? Not sure the way we were playing in that one. The bigger one for me is the penalty save at Bolton, which was a huge, huge save. And he's made other big saves um, throughout the season. But in that running, when the pressure is on, he was a rock at the back. Uh, as Bloomer said, the rest of the defence, that the, as a unit, they were fantastic. But when they were breached, more often than not, Walton came up with the goods. And a lot of people go on about, they think that Michael Cooper at um, Plymouth was, was better. Well, I don't think there's much in it between the two, to be honest. And obviously, in the end, Cooper got his injury, which probably stopped there being a race for the the Golden Glove. But for me, I think Christian Walton um, doesn't get the plaudits um, that he does deserve to get. Yeah, I'm going to be boring here. Walton is my, my choice. And um, some people say goalkeepers are not sexy, but uh, they keep the ball out of the net most of the time. No defence have been solid this year. But um, he has been fantastic. Well, and what a signing, by the way, back in. back. In, of course, his debut, he conceded five goals. Of course, that was a whole different team back then. But that was a, a terrible debut from him going on to do the things he's done, win Golden Glove and just be an incredible shot stopper. And he's uh, one of our own players as well. He's not a, a, a loanee because he was previously a loanee, but signed, we signed him permanently in January, um, you know, last season. And then, yeah, we've got him. In this, he's, I can't wait to see him in the championship as well. He's don't really, he's not had that chance really to play in the championship. So it's good to see how he does. And going on to signings, um, there's probably an obvious answer here, but you never know. This is over the summer and January bloomers. So who are you choosing? Um, I, I chose two just because there's, you could, you could weight this uh, category in different ways. I think, and, and these are the two obvious answers. Well, I think they're the two obvious answers as well. For impact, I think Nathan Broadhead, pound for pound, is the biggest signing because he is almost single-handedly that bit of quality that we signed in January to get us over the line. I said on one of the game days I did uh, with you, Ross, that is he the Marcus Stewart signing that was hit, uh, Stewart himself in 2000? I think looking back on it, it's hard to argue against it. I mean, the goals against Port Vale alone probably has won us promotion because if you don't win that game, there's every chance we're sitting here doing a playoff preview or a second leg playoff preview. Thank Christ we're not. Um, but I think for, since the start of the season, pound for pound, Leif Davis, and I, I don't think it's close. I think you look at, there was an athletic article that was um, written uh, today uh, about him that says basically more than I ever could uh, about how he fits into this team and what he's done and how I think it's only Kevin De Bruyne and one other player, I can't remember it was, I did read the article, uh, that's, that's produced more assists um, than uh, Lee Davis. And he's a left-back. Let's not forget that. I know he I know he doesn't play like a left-back often in uh, McKenna's system. And it'll be interesting to see whether he tries to sort of curtail Davis's role if we're in the championship because obviously the space he, he offers behind him might get exploited on by quicker more skillful technically proficient championship teams but again one of them ones where it's just exciting to find out how he makes that step because he's very good Davis <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that I just really, like yeah he's very good 
He is very good. And that's actually another thing for the most improved section, the, the left side. That's been a massive improvement, you know, from in recent years. I think that was always our sort of downfall, weren't it, last year? Um, you know, under Paul Cook and, and even McKenna, you know, that was a, a weak link. You know, we had Dominic Thompson and and the rest. Or the, Hayden Colson at one stage. Who's Dominic Thompson? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, I don't know, mate. A, a low knee we had back in the day. You made that up. <laughs> I haven't made up. There was, was a player on loan last season called Dominic Thompson. Hang on. Yeah. Boomers can't remember Thompson. No. Fever dream, honestly. Like He, he was the one who... Wasn't he the one that was um, that was getting uh, quite handsy with um, Cowleys, yeah. the Cowleys against Portsmouth last year when it got a bit feisty? I was wondering where that was going. I thought you had to be careful. <laughs> it's a family, a family show as well. Um, but yeah, but yeah, that that left side has been just oh, even just even Greg Lee like that recruitment as well. I um, know he's had he's, some of his injuries this season, Greg Lee, but he's he's come in and done pretty well. When Leith Davis had a little bit of a moment where he has had some illness slash um, a little injury himself, but um, good decision. Um, Liam from Crew, while Bloomers gets over that, we had a plaque with Dominic Thompson. Um, who's your pick for best signing? Um, I mean, there's not much much more really can be said, but it has to be Broadhead. Um, you get what you pay for, and we certainly have with him. I mean, he is just class, isn't he? Um, and I. Hopefully next season he now that we will have him for a full season he is going to be um, amazing. Hopefully uh, League One he just he's just walked through that six months, hasn't he? Really um, hasn't even had to break sweat and he's looked absolutely brilliant. But I think all the signings that we have made um, have all improved the squad in some way or form. But for me, Broadhead is the complete difference maker. Um, uh, we we don't win at that Port Vale game, that Port Vale game um, on the Tuesday night at Portman Road. Now, I know that it's Broadhead that scores both. So it's actually a fact that if Broadhead hadn't, hadn't actually signed that we wouldn't win the game because <laughs> he's the one who scored both goals. But for me, if he isn't in that team, we end up drawing like, or, or at the very best, we probably end up drawing like we did with many games in the first half of the season and games last season where we just didn't quite have enough to get over the line. Whereas now with him in the team, he, he is that difference. And uh, I can't wait to see what he what havoc he wreaks in the championship. Yeah, Broadhead right now is one of my favourite players. He's just, every time I watch him play, I just go, oh, He's, he's beautiful. He's beautiful. And if I was, you know, a five-year-old, ten-year-old now watching town, you know, you've got Wes Burns, Connor Chapman's a the well, but Broadhead's just that something different, isn't he? Just that oh, different level. Um, so he's my pick for the best signings because um, just what a signing. To think he was on loan in the championship at Wigan, um, who got relegated in the end, and then, you know, Everton probably just wanted – they knew they had to sell him and Israel Town were happy to pay the bucks and they got him. So best signing, Neff and Broadhead. Uh, Lee Davis and the, all all the signs were made. There's been good recruitment from Kieran McKenna, Mark Ashton, game changer, and everybody. Um, good window. I'm looking forward to this summer. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting this summer. Bring it on. Um, now we've seen a lot of goals scored, Bloomers. But what is your favourite of the season? You can have a couple if you want. But um, if you can well, pick one, one to choose from, there's a lot. So yeah, You're choosing your favourite Dalmatian. Um, <laughs> To be honest, I said it was the one that would get us promoted. 
uh, when we had this discussion. Uh, I think we had the discussion before. Well, it must have been before, before it was official. Um, there are two that stand out, and I was there for both of them. Uh, lucky enough to be there for both of them. It's Connor Chapman's first goal against Derby. Uh, sorry, the first goal, Connor Chapman's against Derby uh, at Pride Park. Just because I think, in pound for pound, that's one of the best goals I've ever seen him score. Nine seconds, three players, um, front to back. Like, it was, it was perfect. Perfection. And it had to be for that to go in. In the end, that way, uh, and then the second is um, George Hurst against Barnsley, and I'm going to give that the edge, uh, not just because the the man who I'm doing this pod with was next. Well, he wasn't next to me for long when we scored because uh, uh, <laughs> there was limbs flying everywhere. But I think it's it's the goal itself is fantastic because it's a proper Daryl Murphy. I've said his name twice now, Daryl Murphy type goal where the physical strength to, to create the opportunity and then the efficiency to put it away was akin to what we saw from Murphy in that season where everything he touched went in and I think more more than that it's just it's the moment where we all just realized this this is gonna happen isn't it like this is gonna this is it now it's gonna happen um it, it's just the sheer disbelief of nicking the goal to make it one nil a few minutes ago, which none of us in the ground celebrated because none of us realised it was in. I don't know if you were the other side, Ross, and you actually realised it was in. But um, if you ever watched that video back, there's about a four-second delay between uh, the goal going in and the players running off and then the away end going mental because none of us realised it had gone in. Um, uh, and then, yeah, just what literally 90 seconds later, that goal going in and it's... It's a special. It was a special. It's one of them ones you'll never ever forget it. And um, I think for that reason, there might have been better better goals scored, mm-hmm. but you'd be hard pressed to find one for for a town fan than that. Yeah, you know, like it was nice that um, Chapman, the third goal, was in front of the fans. But if that Hurst goal was in front of the away end, that would have been unbelievable. I think, I think I'd have been. I don't think I'd be here. I think I'd have had a heart attack if that was in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although yeah. it almost made it better than it was the other end because you could see you could like see it so clearly because yeah. you know he had about ninety yards to run. You saw him shake off the defender. You at least from our angle, you saw him make the space. You thought the ball had gone behind him, so you didn't. You thought the chance was gone, and then he just swings the swings his right foot and just makes the sweet contact. And like it, for, for not realizing that one went in, it's one of those ones where because the, the ball smashes the back of the net, you know it's like you know it's happened. And the place just nearly fell apart. Well, the place did fall apart. Yeah, that that was just incredible. Five thousand away fans just uh, loving, just loving life because they know it's nearly going to happen. And we, we we pretty much knew it was going to happen. Really, uh, Liam from Crew, hundred and one goals. As Bloom has said to choose from, which one are you picking? Uh, I probably need to go first because I'm going to say exactly the same. <laughs> um, <laughs> Except my my favourite is Chaplin's at Derby. Uh, that 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 goal from start to finish was just beautiful, absolutely stunning goal. Starting with Walton, straight out to Broadhead, who obviously runs with it and then plays just a perfect perfect uh, cross diagonal, which Wes Burns, not known for his heading ability that much, uh, just plants the ball perfectly to the feet of Chaplin, who just takes a lovely touch to dummy the defender and then shove it into the corner. 
fantastic goal from start to finish. I mean, the second one wasn't bad either. Uh, but that, for me, is the best goal, I think, of the season. But in terms of what Bloomers is saying, I'll tell you a little story about that second goal. Basically, at Barnsley, basically, um, as he said, no one celebrated the first one until about five minutes after it happened, mainly because we just didn't see it happening. Um, and it, it felt a bit weird because everyone then kind of artificially had to get themselves up to celebrate a goal that we were still in a bit of shock because we had no idea it had gone in. And then to have that happen only within a few minutes of that happening, the whole place went berserk. And and this boy here, right, might not be the tallest. but He's pointing to he me, has, by the way. He yeah, has got He has got some... He, he is strong upper body and me and him ended up going over the road behind us. And then next minute, all I see as I'm pulling myself up from the floor is Bloomers has already sorted himself out and has left the row and run all the way down to the bottom to start jumping on other people that had suddenly congregated down near the, the barriers. So, um, so yes, uh, absolutely nuts. And uh, as Bloomer says, that is probably the goal that just completely opened everything up and made everyone suddenly have that kind of freedom to kind of say, "That's it. Now we, we've done it." Very, 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 very quick honourable mention because this is going to get completely lost to the sound of time. Um, Freddie Ladapo's goal against Charlton to make it three-two in the ninetieth minute. Mm-hmm. That. If we'd have won that game, we'd be talking about it so much more. Um, he tries it a lot to to make a to touch, do a touch to to shift it over the defender and 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 hit a shot with the space that he's made. He doesn't do it every time. He, I mean, he he did something similar against Fleetwood um, last game of the season, but the touch and finish was unbelievably good. And if it was a 90th minute winner away from home in front of that away end, we'd be talking about it so much more. But as it is, we all know what happened next. It's completely lost to the sands of time. But I hope Freddie looks back on that goal and realises how good it was because it really, really was. Yeah. And he, I mean, he's had 20 to choose from himself or 21 rather. So, um, yeah, well done, Freddie. That's a good goal. I haven't forgotten it, even if other people might. There's a compilation out there. I think uh, Kali um, Bizla, who who put, put that together, and I'm sure there's loads of other compilations and those other goals out there for people to watch but um yeah there, there's some that are sort of forgotten about maybe because of the game itself maybe yeah definitely the Charlton game um because yeah what happened and everything um my goal um that goals you mentioned are worthy winners um I loved Hurst goal at Bolton just uh, just something about it I was right in front of it as well I got a nice celebration uh picture as a photographer that's what you want but I just remember watching it over and over again, like going back, traveling back from Bolton. I just, I just loved that goal. Um, good finish. Now a good strike goal. Now a Daryl Murphy goal as well, Bloomers as well. Because on the volley, boom, just a good counter-attacking goal as well. Because Wes Burns showed up his quality as well in that moment. So um, that's my my pick. Um, it's an instinctive finish. That yes. that that was beautiful. Um, having been there as well, and just saw the the swipe and then the ball into the corner. It was just, I mean, I say swipe, that, that's giving it like no credit whatsoever. I mean, it was just beautifully tucked first time from the cross. I mean, that that is a quality striker there. And if he if he's confident, then he's going to score a lot of goals if we can get to keep him next season. 
Yeah, watch this space, like Gemma and George Hurst. As, we, as I said, Bloomer said, or Liam said, that first 11, Hurst, he, he's on that first 11, he's signed permanently. So we were, we shall see. Um, now, final two categories. Um, try to do these quickly, boys, as we've still got the strike to do. And of course, we're going to sort of sum up four seasons in League One. Um, we won't speak too much on it because it's just good that we're out of League One. But best game. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of contenders here. Definitely the last few games of the season, but... Lewis, what's your choice? There's one. There's one contender, and <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And and there were twenty nine thousand other people to celebrate it with. Um, six and against Exeter. I won't, I'll just say my own personal story of it because everything else has been done to death, and the celebrations afterwards. People will know if they know me, or it might have been said before. But um, very quickly, I was on a stag do, uh, in Budapest. Um, that should have been going from Thursday, or it did go from Thursday to Sunday, but not everyone that was there on Thursday was there on the Sunday. After the Peterborough game, uh, sorry, after the Barnsley game, uh, actually more importantly, when we went 3-0 up, I was in the away end. I booked my flight home on the Saturday morning at 6am and uh, booked my hotel room in Ipswich for the Saturday night. Had to explain to the stag, who was extremely understanding, uh, why I was doing what I was doing. And uh, there was enough um, forfeits to be had that I got my just desserts, if you like. But um, I was awake for 48 hours, uh, got 6 a.m., got, got back into the hotel room in Hungary at 2 a.m., woke up at 3 a.m., got a 6 a.m. flight to Stansted at 10 a.m., got the bus and then train to Ipswich for about 11.45 a.m., went early check-in, shower, <laughs> shave, hair, come out again, go to the Halberd, uh, and then get to watch what we watch with my best friend, my dad, um, and the celebrations afterwards. Um, an emotional, quivering wreck by uh, 11 o'clock on the Saturday night, but uh, I nearly forgot it. <laughs> I had about enough alcohol to, to down a small elephant uh, over 48 hours, but um, yeah, that, that was my story. And um, weeks, weeks like that don't come around often. If indeed ever again, so what a what a what a weekend that was. Things you do for your, the football club you love, um, leaving a stag too early and do all the travelling, all the bits and bobs. It's just what you do, um, and yeah, my that's my choice as well. I'm sorry, Liam. Liam wasn't there, so he's he's just inside right now. Um, but uh, it would have been if 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 we'd all gone pear shaped, uh, Derby away. Uh, yes. Mainly for the, the win, everyone thought that was it. We're going to do it now, and we always kicked them up there, sharing it together. And Liam was there. I think. Was there? Yeah, he was. He, he was there. <laughs> so, <laughs> I second guess myself. He, he sorted out the Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm quickly just quickly Liam. I'll, I'll just my mine's Exeter as well because um just be pitch side and just to finally see a, a team win promotion. Um, it was just lovely to see. I know it's only League One and all that, but we won't get into that. But it was a great day. and Lovely weather, six goals, pitch invasion, all that sort of stuff. It was a great day. Uh, Liam from Crew, won't get into won't get into the reason why you weren't there, but what's your choice? <laughs> I don't know what day you're talking about, to be honest. Um, <laughs> um, briefly, yes, I saw Bloomers book his flight at 2-0. Hadn't even gone 3-0 at that stage. It was 2-0 when he booked the flights, I'm sure. 
no, I had it in my basket at 2-0. I clicked the button at 3-0. <laughs> and then he booked the hotel in the car on the, the car, way back. Yeah. So uh, I, I did see him do that. Um, for me, um, would have loved to have been there, but uh, I had family commitments that I couldn't get out of. Um, so maybe not as good a fact. Well, yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm easy going. I don't want want to be nagged. Uh, I did I did uh, pull a few faces to my dad, so um, uh, I did show my disgust. <laughs> um, but for me, the game uh, for me, the best one I've been at this season uh, was the three-two win over Pompey all the way back in in October, uh, late September, early October, I think it was. Um, where both teams had started like a train on fire. Uh, and obviously Pompey ended up not being our direct um, opponents, I guess, for promotion. But um, at the time, they were unbeaten, we were unbeaten, and we beat them 3-2. It was a really tough game. I mean, they came back twice at us in that game. Um, I think there were two penalties, actually, which... Um, I remember now, but um, we got the win. And for me, I think that was the first time where people started to actually think that this season could be the real deal because we had beaten one of the informed sides and we had actually won a game against a big side that we thought we were going to compete with. Obviously, they fell away, but that they they were the roots, I think. That, that win was the, the beginning of what ended up to be a great season. Yeah, that, that, that was one of the, the, state, the first statement wins, weren't it? Um, at Porton Road uh, against a team that we've, you know, we've had a, some annoying results against, but also, you know, we're beaten at Fratton Park a few times. So, uh, but yeah, definitely up there. So the final category um, on the main categories is the best away games. And it's, it's been really mentioned anyway, I think. I think Bloom is probably, maybe Derby away would be on there for me. Like for me, Derby away is it because of the result. The weekend, we did a KOA um, posse little, you know, Airbnb night out in Derby. It was a, a great night, a great weekend as a whole. Um, but Bloomers, you got another one or is Derby the one uh, for you? Yeah, uh, Charlton away for me. No, yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> eight goals. Um, uh, eight goals. Four. Although you'd have missed four of them if you'd have left for 90 minutes. Um, yeah. For me, it has to be Barnsley. I wasn't there at Peterborough. I was in a different country. Um, so I only got to witness it on iFollow. Barnsley was special. The, 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 Pictures that you got of the away end, like it just looks magical. That doesn't happen for League One clubs very often, if ever. The the result that just put it almost beyond doubt, and being able to see faces that I've seen recently many times, and I saw faces I hadn't seen in years, and everyone was just in a state of delirium. And the three and a half hour uh, coach coach uh, cab ride home by Liam uh, that was detoured. Not maybe it might have been my fault. Um, that that didn't even sour it either. And uh, I felt sorry, Liam, for the two lads in the back who I'd never met because me and you probably chatted so much <laughs> absolute tosh on that way home because we were so giddy. And yeah, that was that was special. So Barnsley by a country mile for me, but I've got a feeling Peter might be up there for those that went. Yeah, Liam, you, you went to all three of those that have been mentioned. Mm-hmm. Peterborough, Barnsley. Uh, um, was there any other ones? Bolt, yeah, Bolton, of course. That was yeah, a cold, I went to that Bolton. Was a cold day. That's a cold. Day, did pretty much all the big ones. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll echo what Bloom has said about uh, Barnsley. It, it was a great, great night. 
Um, and for me, obviously, having missed out on the party at Portman Road on the weekend, that though, that win that night was when uh, promotion was, was settled. Yeah, we, we still had to beat Exeter, but to have got over that massive hurdle against one of the most informed teams in the league at the time and a team who are pretty formidable at home, that was the night, I think, when we, we may not have mathematically done it until the weekend, but that was the night when Town had, had pretty much sorted out automatic promotion. But the the best weekend has to be Derby. Um because it was just brilliant. I mean, a lot of uh, a few of us all stayed in their Airbnb. I was there, Bloomers. I sorted it all out. <laughs> um, but it was brilliant. Um, and we had that pub right next to us, which was absolutely fantastic. You had your interaction with the dog. I found, uh, that, I found that pub. Just want to point that out. <laughs> yes. Well done, Bloomers. That, that was and, a great find. Job found that pub. Shout out to both of us. Uh, that was a great find. Nice, uh, nice kind of locking breakfast on the the Saturday morning, which was uh, which was brilliant. So um, yeah, really good weekend had by everyone, and and obviously the result um, obviously just made it even more special. So, um, but we we've had some really really good away days in this last couple of months of the season. So uh, there, there's quite a few to choose from. Yeah, it's been a it's been a memorable season all round at Porton Road, um, away from home. It's been a good season, and uh, well, I'm sure there's gonna be memories. I know there's even just um, there's been a few um, people I've bumped into listeners with their sons or their daughters or just in general their family and just going, oh, you know, this season just so many memories of staying over and going to different like ticking off grounds. Like the thing we've gone, I, I was I was lucky enough to be one of the the few that went to Bracknell Town. Um, in the FA Cup, that was a that was a weird experience, but a great experience. Wings and tings and all that. I, I met one of their their um their fans who had red red face paint, which was great. Were you there, Bloom, as well? I met that fan too. He came yeah. up to me and my me, me and my friend when we were in the there was a bar, a temporary bar behind one of the goals, and we had our itching scarves on, and we didn't ask him to. He came up to us and shook our hand and had a had a quick chat with him. He was mad as a box of frogs, but um, good. Good luck to the fellow. I hope you had a good night. It was certainly uh, different. I, I did a picture on my Twitter that was the entrance to the away end that went a bit viral because it's literally just a muddy bank. Um, and we had fresh white trainers on the pair of us. Um, but yeah, God, I can't even believe that's the same season. Things blend into one. Yeah. Yeah, I think we played Bracknell Town in the FA Cup and also played Buxton at Portland Road in the next round. And we, we drew against Burnley. 0-0 uh, at Porton Road and of course we went to the replay and we only lost 2-1 they scored like late on to, to win the game against Vincent Company's unbelievable Burnley side so uh, and we won FA Cup games which is just great and we won on Sky this season so it's been a it's been a great season overall um, Bloom as you said you may have a category a final category um, what is it? Yeah this is the this is the um, outstanding award for achievement in the Kings of Anglia podcast section uh, and the nominees are Ross Halls for all his uh, work behind the scenes. Um, Ross Halls for putting this band of merry men together. Um, and Ross Halls for giving up his uh, evenings, nights, mornings and lunch times, keeping us all entertained in the pod chat, whether he means to or not, for his um, extracurricular work in, in trying to pass his driving test. So, um, Liam, can you can you give us who the award winner is, please? 
well, it has to go to Ross Halls because of everything that Bloomers has said, it's been brilliant since we set this up uh, during COVID. Um, and it's just got stronger and stronger um, ever since. Um, the only thing now that will just complete it and make make you the the best person that's ever lived is if you can actually get your bloody driving license. <laughs> Sorry, I'm 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 not uh, I'm I'm not getting angry about that. Rejecting. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Bloomers. He's going to stitch us up for the strike now. <laughs> yeah, that, that is that is up next. But um, yeah, thank you very much for Bloomers. That was that was very nice of you. And uh, shout out to everyone who comes up to me at home games, away games, and asks me, "Have you passed it yet?" I normally sheepishly go, "No." Um, but hopefully, you never know, guys. Uh, next You'll time, get there. I'll get there. We'll get there. We won't get You'll... into it. We got the strike though. Let's jump right into that, and then we're, of course we're going to end the pod sort of summing up League One as a whole for four seasons. Um, four questions plus a tiebreaker. Um, the questions aren't actually based on our League One campaign because we're actually going to bring you um, a live, um, or maybe not live, but we'll bring you a basic quiz um, later in the week um, to sort of sum up the whole season as a whole. So tune in for that later on in the week. Um, so we've got four questions plus a tiebreaker. First question is on Dominic Thompson. Joking. I'm joking. I'm joking, <laughs> bloomers. I'm joking. Um but question one is actually on a club legend who would be, would have been celebrating his 70th birthday this month, and that is Paul Mariner. I'm, I'm sure he's up there smiling down um, on Itchish Town, winning promotion, finally out of League One, and Plymouth, fair play to them for winning the league title. So I'm sure that is one man that is very happy up there smiling down at his former clubs. Um, but yeah, he'll be 70, uh, would have been 70 this month. How many goals did Paul Mariner score in 339 games? Of course, before all of our times. Um, but um, what a man he was, Paul Mariner. Um, of course, as always, bang on, two points. Closest gets the point. You see that? Uh, 130. 130 goals. Okay. Okay. I've either really undersold him or oversold him. I don't know which. 173. Just I did 123, but I've. Oh, will you regret that? Will you regret that? I'm just, I need to find the answers actually. <laughs> I've got it now. I've got After it now. all someone's, that. Yeah, someone's very close though. Someone's so close. They're five off. He's 135. So Liam Crew gets the point. Um, very close there. Uh, question two is on Andre Dazel. Um, also celebrates his birthday this month. Uh, now, what is Andre Dazelle's middle name? Is mm. it Jason, Leon, or Wayne? Is, that, is he is he named after his daddy's middle name? Is it Leon or Wayne? So Andre, Jason, Dazelle. Andre, Leon, Dazelle. Andre, Wayne, Dazelle. I'm saying Jason. Uh, well, to be different, because, I yeah, I've, I've, I've gone Leon then. It is Leon. I, I've Ooh. done a curveball there, there, Liam. I've done a curveball there. I just thought you got to put Jason in there. And, he swung, what... and Liam swung for it. He did, he did. But you've gone for the right. You you said you want to do a different option. You didn't go Wayne, but you went Leon. And Leon is the correct answer. So one one going to question three. Question three is on Marcus Bent. Also celebrates his birthday this month. And have a blast from the past, striker wise. I um, mean, joined town from which club in two thousand and one? Was it Blackburn, Sheffield United, or Crystal Palace? 
Uh, fun fact: he played for all of these clubs at one stage. So there we go. <laughs> but this uh, this one came to my head before the answers came out, so okay. I have to stick with it. Okay, I'm going to say Palace. No, you're both incorrect. Oh. It is Blackburn. He signed from. He actually, um, his first sort of, he was at Brentford, and then his first Premier League club was Palace. So, and then he went to Leicester, didn't he? After, after town. I think, wasn't yeah, yeah, Leicester, and then Everton as well. Everton, he, he went to Everton as well after that. So uh, I think he went on loan to Leicester, and then he went and signed for Everton. Yeah. Um, so yeah, still one-one. Going into question four, which is on a player from the past. Um, not too past, but a player that I don't think many, not many people will want to try to remember during a period of when we were really, really shit. Let's put it there, out there. Nigel Riococa. What <laughs> shirt number did he wear at town? Was it 17, mm. 23 or 25? Um, Nigel did you hear what Riococa. he says about you, Ross? Wow. I didn't, well, I didn't say he was shit. I just said that we, this uh, is the period where we were uh, shit. In the, in, the, in, the, in the stands, we used to call him Nigel Mediocre. So. Yeah. <laughs> I was on 17. 17. 17. You're both wrong. It's 23. Oh, That's my lucky number as well. There we go. Oh, there we go. So, uh, so tiebreaker. We, we are needing the tiebreaker this week. Yeah. So that is it's exciting. Yeah. Exciting. Um, now, uh, Bloomers, you're a Berry boy, and now Cole Scoose is the manager of Berry Town. Um, congrats to to Cole for his new job and also a fantastic career. Um, I know his time at Town maybe ended not the way he wanted, but I think a player that I I, I thought it was okay. I thought he was an okay player, um, and you know he he made over six hundred and sixty appearances during his career. But how many goals did he score in total? Um, he scored. He scored two goals for Town. So did he score more for Bristol City and Colchester? So and of course you got to get it. Well, actually, whoever's closest wins. If you get a bang on, then well done to you. Um, I bet he was like a striker in. I'm saying ten. <laughs> ten. Third. Ooh, where are we? There we are. Thirteen. Ooh. I'm I'm happy Ooh. someone went. I'm happy you didn't go too close. The correct answer. Is my lucky number, my favourite number. Do you know my favourite number, guys? No. No. <laughs> Never brought that up in the car. No, no, no. Uh, so what what's your what was your lucky what's your lucky number then, Bloomers, do you say? Uh, twenty three. It's my, my um birthday. Okay. What's yours, Liam? You got a lucky number? Uh my one will be twenty one for my birthday. That's how old Liam is. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wish <laughs> he, wish, he wishes um, but no my lucky number is 12 and that is the answer so Bloomers oh. wins from one off um, so there we go um, another strike in the bag as I said there's going to be a, a strike later in the week um, with some all, some other KOA guys um, looking through the season of League One um, so stay tuned for that but Bloomers you've won my friend your thoughts on winning the strike this week uh, my thoughts are I need to get down to Ram Meadow next season to see uh, Cole Skews' tricky blues in action. And I don't know if there is a sports book doing very town signings, but what's the odds that Luke Chambers is playing very town next season? Throw that one out there. Yeah, well, if, not. If, if you, not. you know. I don't know who the director of football is at, uh, at Barrytown. Actually, I don't know if neither of you will know that. 
But the director of football at Barry Town is another town player. Yes, Alan Lee. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> with him, so... with with him, Cole Skuse and uh, Carlos Edwards, as of last season, still playing for Barry Town. We're only a couple away from a from a decent five side thing. Um, who can play up uh, play up the rugby club's uh, 3G pitch if they've still got it. So, uh, yeah, look out for that near you soon. Yeah, it's always interesting that when former players go back to like local clubs, I know he's only down at Colchester, Colchester well, last season. But... Yeah, it's rare they go down to step four, which is what Ferry yeah. Town is. So that's three below the conference, two below the conference south. So, um, yeah, it's certainly a, a muck and nettles league. Um, of which the Berry does have the of their little division. Berry gets the, the best average attendance. So it's not just Ipswich fans that bleat on about their average attendance. Yeah. At the moment. <laughs> yeah, but no, good old good old Berry Town. And of course, they're another team actually, just like Ipswich Town. They don't, they've not had many managers, have they? I think they've only had like a couple. Like ben Chenery, then yet there's no, another ben, guy. Ben Chenery, Ben Chenery was there for, for years and years. Um, it's uh, it's a steady setup down there. There was a, a, a period about ten years ago where they really pushed to get in the conference south. Didn't yeah. quite happen. The money sort of dried up, and we now find ourselves in step four. But yeah, uh, Barry's a, a, obviously a town very close to my heart, but certainly a team close to my heart as well. And Ipswich have a massive connection with them as well for the amount of uh, friendlies we played against them over the years when we when we send out young sides and whatnot for. Uh, uh, for, for various games, obviously Simon Milton's from Barry Town and Gavin Johnson too. Yeah. Anyways, let's uh, let's move on. I realise we yes. ran over already. And we've got one more section. Yeah, here. yes, we have ran over. We were going to do this as a forty-five minute pod, but um, to be fair, with no Ipswich Town football, it's an opportunity for you to enjoy your runs, your walks, your car drives into work, or whatever. You've got a good no hour. Pressure. No, no pressure. pressure. No, no worry about football. No, all right, don't Leave worry. Leave that to Everton and Leicester fans. Yes, and you know teams in the playoffs and that stuff. It's two 0 Liverpool, by the way. Next Of course, by the time this is out, people will know the score. But um, there we go. Uh, well, League One tour is over. Um, it was originally going to be a one-season tour that got went into two, went into three, and went into four. Boys, um, Bloomers, how would you sum it up um, in a few words? Four seasons, two pools. Uh, Super Kieran McKenna knows exactly what we need. How'd you do it? Long, very long because, um, on a personal level, this shows my growth since um, the uh, August 2019. I think about it then. Uh, that weekend, uh, the first weekend of the season 2019 20, we played away at Burton, uh, and I couldn't go because me and my then girlfriend. Um, we're moving in for the uh, for the first time together, and I say then g- girlfriend because in the how are we now? Nearly four nearly four years since um, we bought our own place, we now have a cat. Uh, we're engaged and we're getting married in a couple of years' time. Um, what else is there? I've had two different jobs. <laughs> uh, what else has happened? Oh, I've sat through God knows how much football, how many rubbish I follow games, especially during the COVID season. Four different strips bought, thousands of pounds wasted, hundreds of pounds not wasted, <laughs> especially this season. Um, and thousands of beers drunk whilst lamenting the two pools and the other pool. I don't know, too many pools. Too many pools spoiled the broth. Uh, it's been a, a long, long four years and I never thought I'd be fucking over the moon at seeing Birmingham away 
on a Tuesday night in the fixture list. But but here we are, and uh, if we can get my old hometown Coventry gets uh, gets to stay in the championship, there'll be one happy person here because we've actually played the Rico since I went to Coventry, which was eleven years ago. So uh, roll on the championship and the bog standard fixtures that we've actually missed and some of the away games and weekends that we can plan that on paper sound like a, a, a fantastic tour schedule with Birmingham, Cardiff, Swansea, probably Leeds, Bristol. Um, and that's just off the top of my head. We won't even mention those up the road. Bring on the championship next season. Yeah, bring it on. International breaks as well and all that sort of stuff. Um, Liam from Crew, you're well, from... We have them anyways. We just, you know, yeah. we've got a couple of Jamaican contacts that allow us to <laughs> in League One. These things happen when you're a big club. Yeah, it does. It does. But uh, yeah, bring it on. Liam from Crew, um, you've had an interesting time following the club. If people don't know already, <laughs> you know, you're, you're uh, uh, with your accent, you are Northern and, uh, you know, you've got a different club as well. And you, know, you lived in Scotland for a very long time, but you sort of became a fan during the 2018, 27, you know, Paul Hurst, that was your first season ticket season, weren't it? And mm-hmm. then you joined Why us on the sleeve. still league. here? <laughs> You give me a lot of praise. A lot of people give me a lot of praise, but Liam from Crew deserves a little bit as well. And to be fair, all you guys listening, everyone out there deserves it because some people have been able to stay on this ride because, yeah, you, why would you move away? You know, why would you stop supporting a club that you support for all your lives because they're in League One and we've seen rubbish? But um, for you to stay on, Liam, and go to away <laughs> games, all the, like you've been to Fleetwood, you've been to Plymouth, you've been to Morecambe, you've been to Sunderland, you've been all over the place. Um, you've been part of this journey as well. So props to you, my friends. Um, but how would you sum up? As Luma said, it's been long, a lot of life experiences he's, he's you know, had in those four years. I'm sure you've had loads of life experiences. We've, we've spent many, many hours in the cars together. I've probably seen you more than my missus sometimes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, four, four seasons of League One, mate. How would you sum up? Uh, well, I mean, I'll sum, I'll sum this up. The first three seasons of being a season ticket holder included um, first season championship relegation after a mate said to me, get a season ticket, you love your football, new era and all that. And I saw two wins all season, which was backed by two goals, um, both 1-0 wins, and then missed the best game probably the entire season in the dead rubber against Leeds on the last day. Uh, (laughs) And then went into League One, off to a great start, then went rapidly downhill very quickly, then COVID hit, and then we didn't see the end of the season. Then I have a whole season having to watch on iFollow and not be even in the ground. Um, so that summed up my free first three seasons as a season ticket holder. Um, and I have continued to do it. Um, but as you say, since COVID, uh, I wanted to do more away games. I wanted to go and travel, and obviously, at those st- in those times, I mean, getting a ticket, I mean, could hardly uh, give them away to be honest. Um, so it's quite easy to nab a ticket on like uh, some of the events this season. So um, it was quite uncharted territory. But I'll, I'll tell you something: I wouldn't change it. Um, wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, I've met some absolutely brilliant people in this last uh, five years of of watching Ipswich. Um, all the four years of the 
the obviously the League One campaigns and and obviously that one year in the Championship. Um, and I mean, I, I've got now friends for life from all this, and and obviously I, I feel I, I'm not an Ipswich native, um, and I do have a few other football clubs um, which are widely known, um, but. I feel very strongly connected to this club from everyone that I've met. And it's been, it has been one hell of a ride, but in the end, it's turned out to be one of the best so far in my life, I would say. Oh, Liam well said, mate. Well, well said. said. Well that said. shows the how that, that shows the strength of this club because I say not many. Yes, you'll get fans come back if there's a good season, but for for the level that we're on after twenty, basically twenty five years or nearly twenty years of, of rubbish is is testament. And look, we're never going to be man. Well, unless the same people that have Man City by us, we're never going to be Man City. Um, you know, we're probably never going to be Brighton or Brentford, and unless you know you win the lottery and have that incredible recruitment. But just to be on the level that we are now is, you know, beyond our wildest dream. Well. You look at two years ago, if we're adding more stats to what I said earlier, I can probably say number of rants I've had is about 15 as well on this um, on this platform. And and there's one that I did at the end of Evans's reign. I'll have to dig it out and put it on my Twitter over the next few days. So if you want to see it, it's it's that using handle right there at Tier underscore Bloomfield. But I went on a bit of a two-minute diatribe about the, the death throes of the Evans era. And that is just over two years ago. That difference is enough to make a grown man cry, and he has on multiple occasions over the last few weeks. It's great to see and look. If we finish 14th next season, and this is a lesson to myself as well as anyone else, to not lose your head, because touch wood, and there's plenty of it around me on this desk, we're not going to be in the position we were in League One, rotting away and... The sky is the limit, and for now, while we're in the in the, in the postseason with nothing to do, let's just enjoy thinking about our title charge next season, whether it does or doesn't come. Because uh, you know, so the, the odds are it'll be the latter. But look, it's about the journey, not the destination. Although it is about the destination, and that destination is the championship. You know, you know that um, that Snickers advert. You're not you when you're hungry. Yeah. I mean, this podcast would not be what it is yeah. without you being angry. So, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it is refreshing to see you smile and be I'm happy. I'm the least angry, but... angry person you've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those takes are just... And I'm the most angry, placid person you've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> Charlton away still, still from, from uh, last season, still... It is still right up there for me. What what a rant that was, and and almost taking on single handedly the stewards at the same time. Just just brilliant. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's been a journey, boys. The amount of yeah. A big shout out to everyone who has contributed, who has listened, um, just through the League One campaign. I'm just looking forward to bring content for Championship football because we sort of started this podcast during the Championship era, um, but not doing fan social and game day and stuff. It was still very early in in my career. I was still very early. I know Stu and Andy and, he, and Heathy were doing content, doing podcasts, but I was still very young and not really getting myself out there. But with what we've grown in the last four years in League One, it's incredible. And I just can't wait 
for the championship. And we want more voices as well. We want to get more people involved. So if you want to get involved, get your voice. If you've never tried this sort of thing before, there's no pressure. But if you fancy it, get in contact with me, Ross Mini UK, Kings of Angle on the socials. Great to get you uh, your voices heard and to see some championship football. Um, Bloom is Liam. Thank you, as always. Um, any other business? Any other notes? Any other shout-outs you want to mention? Uh, oh, go on, then. Uh, oh. We're all behind Cali. We're all behind Cali Thistle in the Scottish Cup final. <laughs> Liam's on the pod. We might not have a chance to do it until they lose to Celtic, but we don't know Liam's other muse other than uh, Manchester United is uh, Inverness Caledonian Thistle, the, the, the club that he lived in that city for many a year. And... Uh, just like Ipswich, a, a small team upsetting the big boys uh, every now and then, and they find themselves somehow like a like an elephant up a tree in the Scottish Cup final. No one knows quite <laughs> sure how they got there, especially because they got kicked out of the bloody competition. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah. Go we're on, we're still in it. Then. We're still in it thanks to uh, having really good administrators who um, don't decide to put ineligible players down um, for. For the game, otherwise we had lost the game actually two nil until we get, they got kicked out. Losing um, the cup game, that that other team getting kicked out due to the eligible player. Cali now in the final, playing Celtic at Hampden. Tenth, do we reckon ten thousand Inverness fans will be there? Uh, that's how much had been given. Um, so hopefully there will be a full ten thousand, but. It's not the biggest of clubs, um, so it may not completely sell 10,000 we'll see and as it's Celtic they will definitely definitely nab up any any extra seats although there is a worry at the moment the general tickets go out tomorrow so I'll be getting in on that um there is a worry that um Celtic fans may even try and get um through Cali's uh general admission uh, tickets to try and just get a ticket so there could be a few uh, Celtic fans in our end as well uh, which which probably won't <laughs> won't be very good um luckily we're not rangers otherwise uh, that would be uh <laughs> that would be a problem uh, no one, but it no would be a likes, great day out yeah no one no one likes Celtic so uh, let's let's all pray for Caliwin just so we can <laughs> see the headline one more time the most famous newspaper headline ever written when Cali beat Celtic Decades ago, I think it might have been in the cup. And the headline is Super Cali, go ballistic, Celtic are atrocious. Yeah. And that was at the time the biggest cup shock in, in or was dubbed one of the biggest cup shocks in Scottish Cup history. Um, if Cali were to win this in the final, also <laughs> it would be even bigger than that. I mean, we were still a first division club at that time when we did beat them, but John Barnes' Celtic was a lot different to uh, Ange Postacoglu's Celtic that are currently sweeping everyone before them with an influx of Asian players. So, um, essentially, um, if we can keep it respectable, then we're probably doing well. <laughs> but if, if we can nab it, then it would be just absolutely huge. And a European tour as well. <laughs> And thank you for joining the Inverness Caledonian Thistle podcast. Yes. We'll be back next <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah, if you're just tuning in now, I don't know why we would tune in an hour and 16 minutes in, but um, this is an Itchery Town podcast, Kings of Anglia and all that. Um, but, yeah, thank you very much. Best of luck to, to, to um, Inverness um, for their cup final against. That's the 3rd of June, is that right? 3rd of June? Yes, it is. 3rd of June.
Half okay. five kickoff because of the bloody FA Cup. <laughs> yes, of course. Oh, no, same no. day. Same day. Yeah. Oh. yeah. What a day it could be for you, or, or what a bad day it could be for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it could be. Could be a <laughs> horror <laughs> day. Could be. <laughs> At least could I get be. to see both. <laughs> yes. Very true. Uh, well, Bloomers, Liam, thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another fan social. Um, of course, we're bringing you more videos, podcasts throughout the off-season, as we said, um, to keep you entertained. Um, and as ever, shout-out to our sponsors, Manscaped. Use code KOA to get 20% off and free delivery to uh, for your crown jewels and all that jazz. And, of course, for your marketing needs, your Google ads, check out Ginger Pickle. Shout-out to Tony Southgate. He um, assisted me very well in Holland for the interviews with four fine Dutch players from the past. Uh, they'll be coming out throughout the off-season as well. So some more content for you to watch and listen. Um, as always, follow us on our socials, Kings of Anglia, on all the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. As I said, follow Bloomers and Liam on Twitter as well to get their thoughts on all things town. Uh, as I said, thanks for listening. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>